0: This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we chew on God's Word and uh, offer you some insights into, into what the the Word is doing in our lives and how we're growing, hopefully to encourage you in wherever you're at right now. This week, we've got Sean Duncan with us. Hey, Sean. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, he's back.
1: he's uh, back. I noticed you don't have a soundboard in here, so I just thought I would provide <laughs> the sound
0: bites. <laughs> I should do that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I get like Arnold Schwarzenegger sound bites I can just hammer. <laughs> um, Sean, you are a man of the word, and I bet we're we're in Matthew.
1: We're not. No, I'm <gasps> no. just kidding.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we totally
1: are. Uh, yeah, so every time I come in, Sermon on the Mount, where it's working our way through, uh So we're going to pick it back up where we left off. Um, Last time we talked about, you know, just common things like lust and divorce. It was really cheery. We had a great time. Easy, But we have moved (laughs) past that to a new topic. Uh, So here's your 20-second recap of Sermon on the Mount, if you haven't heard any of the other ones that I've been in for. So Sermon on the Mount goes from Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. It's Jesus' longest recorded teaching. Uh, He is teaching and preaching to his disciples. His disciples have come to him and they are are at his feet as he's on the mountain teaching them. What he does first is he blesses his disciples, those who have come to him. He pronounces all these amazing blessings on them uh, of future hope and also of current realities. Then he gives them these new identities where he says that they are the salt of the earth, and the light of the world. And he says that through them, their father is going to be glorified. Then Jesus addresses who he is. And he says that he is not starting something new. He's not getting rid of the old, what we call the Old Testament, but actually he is fulfilling it. He, he is bringing it to its completion. And now he's giving all these case studies uh, of laws that are being used in the current time that Jesus is um, doing his ministry. And it's, it's laws from the Old Testament that are being um, used, misused, and abused, or maybe even added to. So we're in that realm where Jesus is going to take a law from the Old Testament that's being used in the current time, and he's going to, um, he's going to explain the real meaning of the law and, and what it really means for the people of, uh, that are following him. So for us, for his disciples. Starting in verse 33 of chapter 5. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So uh, we've talked about this in previous times I was in here, but the Old Testament laws, they're not... Um, they're not the ultimate thing in and of themselves. They're supposed to redirect sinful people towards righteousness. Uh, So for example, in in some of the past ones, Jesus says, you know, that law about don't commit adultery, like don't break, don't sleep with someone that you're not married to. Well, that's actually about not lusting in your heart. So he's always pushing it down to the heart issue. And that's been its purpose this entire time. So here he's He's saying that this is instruction given to those of old, but it's not actually a direct quotation from any specific verse, but it is a good summary of a teaching of a few verses from the Old Testament. So in Leviticus 19 verse 12, it says, you shall not swear by my name falsely. And so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. And then also in Numbers chapter 30, which is all about um, swearing vows and oaths. It says, if a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21, it says, if you make a vow to the Lord, your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it for the Lord, your God will surely require it of you and you will be guilty of sin. So there's this heavy emphasis in the new Testament that oaths are binding and that they're serious and that they should be um, revered in making them. And Jesus is like almost saying, hey, don't make an oath at all. Uh, and he's not saying um, that those laws about oaths are wrong or that they're bad. He's he's saying actually oaths are so serious that you should avoid leveraging your word um, on something else. You should just be trustworthy and you should trust that the other person or even God himself is going to hold up their end of the bargain of whatever like agreement is being made like you don't have to
0: leverage your word all the time. Um it's interesting. I I have this conversation with my daughter, who my 5-year-old, mm. and she's just started in the last couple months saying, "I promise, daddy, I promise." Mm. And I I've had to kind of coach her through that and say, "No, just just say yes that in that you'll do it. You don't yeah. have to add to it." Yeah.
1: Yeah, and especially as kids, I mean, I remember being, you know, like the whole like, on oh, my mom's grave. Oh, yeah, or, it just ramps up. Yeah, I just, like, I swear that this happened. You take and, my hand off. <laughs> yeah, but every time you're doing that, you're trying to leverage your word on something greater than yourself. So in the book of Hebrews, it talks about how God makes oaths, but he makes an oath on his own name. Mm-hmm. So because there's nothing greater that God can swear by, so he swears by his word. So he just makes a promise, and that is God making an oath when he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a probably topic for a different time. <laughs> But it's really cool um, to meditate on this idea of oaths, bad oaths, and then what our word really means, because words really matter to God. If we think about it, um, God created with words; mm-hmm. you know, He spoke. So yeah, uh, and we're made in His image, so we're made to to speak, um, and in. Um, the letter to the Ephesians, Paul talks about our words and he says, uh, do not let corrupting talk come out of your lips or or in other words, words that destroy and decay people, but instead your words should be filled with grace that build people up. So like our words also have the ability to build up or destroy people, just like God's words has the ability to tear down or build up like an entire cosmos. It also says in Titus that God cannot lie So we're made in the image of God, a God who speaks and a God who does not lie. So our words should also be trustworthy as well. And then um, the entire vehicle that God has to bring about salvation to sinful humans is through the proclamation of a word. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a reason too. The the gospel is a word that is spoken. Words matter to God so much so that God is the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word came and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the word. So words are really important. Um, But there are also like some pretty, um, striking stories from the old Testament about oaths. Can you think of any?
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, gosh, his name escapes me, but the man who had the daughter and made the oath.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the book of judges, I think it's judges 11. Um, his story is 11 and 12. It's Jephthah. Hmm. Jephthah makes a really bad vow. Uh, and it really creates this ethical tension that we should actually talk about. So, um, jephthah is a judge in the book of judges judges 11 and he has basically already been guaranteed that he's going to have victory but he leverages his words and he says god if you give them into my hand then whoever comes out of my house and I think he has to be translated whatever but it's it's the it's he who whoever comes out of my house um I will give to you in other words like his his servant or maybe he expected an animal to like waltz out of his kitchen. I don't know. Um, but he makes this rash vow and then he does win the victory. And when he's going home, his daughter runs out to like, she's like dad's home. And -hmm. then he just like falls down. He rips his clothing and he starts lamenting and he, the the dude sacrifices his daughter. I mean, it doesn't say explicitly, but there's no reason to think that he doesn't do this. So it's like, okay, well what should he have done? Mm -hmm. Um, well, one, um, vows don't somehow um, override previous commandments of God. If God says something is sin, you can't make a vow uh, to then allow you to commit that sin. Right. So vows don't override sin. Um, if he knew his Bible better, which he clearly didn't, uh, he would have known that there are also provisions in the book of Leviticus for for uh, mistaken sins or unintentional sins. Uh, Leviticus 4 and 5, I, I think so. He could have bared the responsibility of the broken vow rather than sacrificing his daughter, because God detests child sacrifice. Like he says mm-hmm. it very explicitly. So Moloch, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not like, it's not like um, Jephthah upholding his vow is him staying righteous with God. He is sinning regardless. Mm-mm. So he he should have um, known the Levitical system, and he should have made a, a a sacrifice to repent from his sin of the rash vow. Rather than following through with it, but vows put us in predicaments that are very sticky. So Jesus' advice is, um, don't make a vow. That that's that's the best advice that he could give you. And, you know, he says, don't don't swear on heaven because it's the throne of God. Like you're gonna use that as your leverage. That's serious. And don't use the earth; it's God's footstool. And don't even use Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king, the the one who represents God. So and, and then he says, like, I mean, think about yourself. Like, why would you swear on your life? You. You don't even control how many uh, hairs are on your head or what color they are. So instead, just simply say yes or no. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be
0: someone of your word. So does this uh, have any connection to, say, business agreements or contracts or, you know, practical secular things that... We're all familiar with.
1: Uh, yeah, let me pull it down a level from that because I do think it is. I, uh, so in general statement, yes, we should all be people of integrity where if we say we're going to do something, we do it. If we say we're going to meet up with someone for coffee, we shouldn't cancel last minute. Like we should be people of our word. However, I've seen the the flip story happen with this command um, with people, and I'm I'm thinking of a very specific example that happened recently in my life that I counseled someone through, and so I'm trying to think through how to change details. <laughs> um, so basically, someone had agreed to a work position, and you know the people hired them. They're counting on this person. And this person already had multiple jobs and was very busy and very stressed. And then um, after they were hired on by this this other um, company, the the job that they actually were doing was not the job that they agreed to do in the first place. Mm. Like it was way more hours. It was, it was totally different types of tasks and the, the job itself was understaffed. Um, um, a a different example. It'd be like if you got hired on a job and you said, okay, I can work all days except for Sunday, Sunday, I cannot work. And then they're like, okay, well we'll make sure that we never schedule on Sunday. And then you're like working and they keep scheduling on Sunday. It's kind of like one of those situations. Um, and, I, I still stand by my counsel. I gave them, I, I, I advise them, you should quit from this job. It's, it's destroying you. I think you overstepped your boundary in the first place. You just shouldn't have said yes to this job in the first place. But their worry was, well, I got to let my yes be yes and my no be no. And then even the other company, um, they said, well, you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching my children and I think employees also, that they should, they should uphold their word and just stick it out and stick through. But I think then we're advising people to do what Jephthah did. Mm-hmm. which is, well, you, you already put yourself in this pickle. How about recognizing I put myself in a pickle and I have sinned mm-hmm. uh, uh, my, I, I said yes to something I shouldn't have. And that is a sin because now I I break my word and I, I need to come to, to Christ for forgiveness and for cleansing and allow his righteousness to clothe me because I am not capable of doing what I thought I was capable of doing. Um, so I still stand by my, my counsel of that one, but I think we can take this one and we can, we can end up creating Jephthah situations, you know, not where we're sacrificing um, our daughters, hopefully, but where we are sacrificing like our, our health and our time and maybe even our family. Cause we're like, well, I just, I got to stick by my word. Well, maybe retro, like look back retrospectively and say, I actually shouldn't have said yes in the first place. And now I need to man up or woman up and own that. I shouldn't have said this. And maybe call the person on the phone and say, I was really looking forward to having coffee with you, but I have overstepped in all areas of my life and I can't even keep up with it. And I want you to know that I respect you and honor you. And I know that this makes it seem like I don't, I want to reschedule this sometime, but I have to cancel on you and I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? I think that's the better way Mm -hmm. instead of just trying to do all things and be all things for all people that has no payoff besides pain and hurt for both parties because you're tired. You're exhausted, and then you're not giving that person attention, like or, or or you know you you don't follow through on your work commitment that you that you made with another con- company and a contract, and it's just like you, it just ends up being poor work in the first place. Uh, God's not honored by getting our scraps and our leftovers. Like we're supposed to be giving first fruits, not not the the leftover and the rest. So I mean, I think that's where it hits practical, and that's why all of Scripture is is wisdom it's it's supposed to shape us and form us what it doesn't do is tell us how to respond in every single situation but it molds us into the image of God one degree of glory to another over time from beholding Christ and over time we learn how we should behave in each circumstance through these nuances of wisdom that God is, has has constructed into us through his spirit
0: awesome yeah. super practical stuff I think really useful for anybody listening.
1: Yeah. So for anyone, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be a person of your word. And if your word has overstepped reality, be a person who repents and and rests in the righteousness of Christ, knowing that you are not the savior of your situation, but Christ is.
0: So good. Sean, thank you so much for another section of Jesus' sermon. I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. I'll see you next time. We'll see. Same thing. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.